Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today we have an awesome guest. This guy is an entrepreneur. He is also a network marketer. He is also the chief executive at Unlimited Momentum International. And he is the executive team leader at Legacy International. And he is also a former reporter and an anchor at Omni Television. So let's welcome my good friend, Kush Pataki. How are you doing today, Kush? Mr. Dadash, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for, uh, you know, it's such an honor to be here. Such, uh, such a pleasure. And uh, I, you know, uh, it's funny. I got to uh, uh, to know you a little bit on the uh, the Clubhouse app over the last few months, and I just so enjoy uh, listening to you and your wisdom and uh, everything that you get to share uh, on that platform. And then, of course, here on Facebook as well. Um, so I just want to say thank you for uh, you know for letting me uh, to speak with you. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure having you on today. And I've heard you speak uh, on a number of platforms as well, like Clubhouse and other places, and love the wisdom you share with everyone. So that's why I wanted to bring you on today. So I'd like to get started, Chris, by asking you to, you know, please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? How did you get into the industry? Um, you know, talk about your background with us, please. Sure. You know, it's funny. Um... I was first introduced into uh, the uh, network marketing uh, industry when I was a kid. So my, so I guess I was about maybe seven or eight years old. I don't remember exactly, but uh, my parents had uh, started a business in now what is the known as the granddaddy of uh, network marketing. Uh, I don't know if I can share the uh, the company on here, but uh, okay, it's Amway, right? And so. Back in the day, I remember, you know, they were actively building, they were doing their home meetings, and uh, I, I could see them slowly growing. And of course, they had a, a library of books with all the, um, all the classics of personal development, Think and Grow Rich, See You at the Top, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, you know, that sort of thing. And even though I never actually read those books, I kind of absorbed the information within those books through osmosis, just through who my parents were being. And just, I don't know what it was, just like the energy of those books were just infused in me, even as a little kid. And I remember that company, they used to have a quarterly magazine where they would feature their top leaders on the cover and in features in, inside. And you would see their lifestyle, you would see success stories and photographs of them with their big houses and the Rolls Royces. And even at that young age, Victor, I knew that I, I, I was aspiring to that type of lifestyle, you know, and, uh, you know, God bless uh, my parents. They had built uh, a fairly uh, sizable team in the city of Montreal in Canada. And uh, then, of course, because of the, the politics uh, in, that, uh, in that province at the time, we decided to make a big move to the city of Toronto. And unfortunately, about a year after I, after we moved, the most profound event of my life took place. And that was, I was on my way 
to my very first, so this was the summer after grade nine. I was on my way to my very first meeting of uh, uh, Junior Achievement Canada. So I even had the bug at that age, right? And um, I was on my way, unfortunately on my way, I was riding my bike and I got hit by a car along the way. And this, this was in the days before bike helmets. So the impact of, you know, the car hitting me and me flying off my bike, the impact of my skull hitting the asphalt on the road was such that I'm not going to lie. It, 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 I was clinically dead for, uh, you know, for several minutes until paramedics revived me and slipped into a coma that lasted almost an entire, that lasted about a month. And during that time, you know, uh, obviously my, you know, my parents were, were uh, so consumed with everything that was going on. Um, then I, I spent the next six months in a rehab hospital for youth. I eventually was, was released and um, discharged and went back to high school. But during that time, because of the nature of my brain injury, I had a lot of behavioral issues. So because of those behavioral issues, I was severely bullied. And I will not lie, that bullying. So here's, uh, let me give you a little context. I am a typical and quintessential Leo. Okay, I'm a type A personality. I'm a Leo. That means we love being the center of attention. So I was always, you know, the class clown or, you know, the, the person who would always sort of ask questions that, you know, normal people wouldn't necessarily ask in the class. I was also somebody who loved to make a big show and display. So coming out of this injury and coming back into high school, I was yearning to ingratiate myself with my fellow students. And so the way that I manifested that was people would get me to do things that would make myself look like a complete fool. Okay. And I would gladly go along. So for instance, break dancing in the halls, even though I couldn't break dance if my life depended on it. Right. But I, I did it just so I could get a rise out of people. And yeah, there'd be people banging on the lockers, banging out a beat. And I thought that people were cheering me on. What was actually taking place was they were laughing at me. They were trying to see, oh, let's see how far this, this jackass is going to go to get a rise out of us, right? And it got to a point where eventually all that adulation started to peter away because it got tiresome after, after a while. You know, after th three, four weeks, whatever it was, people get tired of the act. And so what was happening was there were only certain people who were egging me on. And I started to notice I don't have the crowds anymore. And what was happening was People were now avoiding me like the plague because here I was, you know, you know, high school is a very hierarchical society. So here I was, I was suddenly thrust as the most famous person in the school, but as the person to avoid at all costs. Because nobody wants to be seen with an idiot who's going to do anything for a laugh, right? 
So, because people are trying to be cool. And so I remember one day walking into the library, the school library, and I see a bunch of my male classmates sitting around one of those ubiquitous circular tables that you see in every high school library. I said, hey guys, how's it going? And I go to sit down, there was an empty chair. And as soon as I sat down, Victor, without saying a word, they all got up and they left. And I just sat there looking like, okay, that was, you know, kind of weird. Well, as it is, it was already time to, to go to class. So I'm on my way to class and the front lobby near the, near the main office is packed with students filling the hall, going back and forth. And as I'm making my way, I swear to God, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. There was just this sea of students. Just They started to separate as I was heading down the halls. Literally, they were trying to avoid me, avoid being seen anywhere near my proximity because God help that you know anybody should be seen in my you know near me so i got i really felt like wow this is weird it's 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 weird but i felt really hurt you know and that hurt started to eventually manifest as anger so what was happening now i would lash out at at um uh, at my teachers by the way, how are we on time? Are you okay with time? Oh, you got plenty of time. Go for okay. it. Keep going. I'll lash out at my teachers. And I remember one teacher in particular, and God helping me, he meant no harm, but he just didn't know how to deal with me. And um, one morning, this was, this was April. So it was mild in Toronto and the windows were open. So something happened. We got into an argument, me and the teacher, and he, he was so exasperated. He said, look, you know, if you're not going to, if you, you know, if you're not going to smarten up, I'm going to, you know, send you off to the, uh, the, to the office, to the principal's office. And I just lashed back at him, you know, at, like with all the bravado that a hormonal teenage boy would have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that suits me just fine. That suits me just fine. Let's go. Let's go. But he didn't know how to handle it. So he left the classroom, presumably to go down and get some advice from the school officials. Well, now there was dead silence. And I was so filled with rage, but I didn't know how to handle it. So I looked over to the open windows. We were on the top floor of the school. I walked over to the open window. I looked down outside and I said, how high are we? Nobody was answering. But I knew that they heard me because they could not avoid what I was saying. And that got me even angrier. And I said, how high do you think we are? There's one young lady who got up from her desk. She came over to me and says, Kush, are you thinking of jumping? And that's when the reality hit me and tears started forming in my eyes. I ran out of that classroom. I, I stormed down the hallway. I was banging on all the lockers. I, I made my way into the boys' locker room and the boys' uh, washroom, looked around, made sure nobody was there. 
and I just got down on my knees and I started sobbing. I started sobbing and weeping. And once I was tapped out, if you will, I said, okay, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go home. And made my way over to my locker. And who should come around the hallway but, this, but the girl who essentially prevented me from jumping out the window that day. And she said, Kush, you know what? Uh, we told the teacher what happened. He feels really bad. We, you know, he'd like to apologize. Victor, I don't remember if I went back into the classroom. It's all kind of foggy now. But here's the freakiest part about this story. The girl who essentially saved my life that day, her name is Angel. I swear her name is Angel. It is just the freakiest, freakiest story. Um, anyway, uh, long story short, a few days later, maybe a week later, um, I, I attempted a second time, this time off of a bridge, you know, and thankfully there was a classmate who was there who pulled me back from the brink because at that point I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't take, I was so, um, filled with inner turmoil, rage, uh, loneliness, everything that you, you know, a, a teenage hormonal teenage boy can go through. It was just magnified like 10 X, hundred X. Thankfully, again, I was prevented from, from killing myself. So now fast forward a few weeks later and I do the whole break dancing thing in the halls one more time, just sort of a last grasp at quote unquote glory. Well, this time a teacher pulled me up and he said, we're going to the office. Okay. We have rules. You don't break dance in the halls. And I'm like, oh yeah, well that sucks. And this, this, and that's a stupid rule. He brings me right in front of the, the, the high school principal. Now understand this much, Victor, my high school principal is a Hall of Fame quarterback with the Canadian Football League. Okay, Mr. Russ Jackson. So when he spoke, you listened because he had he spoke with authority. He spoke with posture. But granted, and God bless him, he, there was a lot of love in his heart, and he already knew my situation. But look, he's a he's the principal. He has to lay down the law, and he basically told me, "Look, if." you are not willing to abide by the rules of my school, then I can send you to any other school in the district that'll be happy to have you. And that was a catalyst. That was the break, the break point that I needed because I knew in my condition, I was not ready to start again. Despite all my turmoil, despite the fact that I was the most famous person in the school to avoid at all costs. At the very least, I had just those, the walls of that school as my, my anchor. So I decided to smarten up. And what I did was I got involved in various activities at school over the next few months. Then over the next few years, I found myself just getting involved in extracurricular activities, after school activities, school choir, the school play, um, you know, uh, all kinds of things. And by the time that I had graduated, uh, yes, I spent an extra year in high school to upgrade my marks. And this is why. 
I didn't get into the university of my choice the first time around because my marks were just underneath the cutoff. So I went back to upgrade. I took co-op. I, I uh, was working at a radio station uh, in a nearby town to sort of learn those real world skills. And when I graduated, I graduated um, with an award that was just second best to valedictorian. And I was recognized by the then government of Canada uh, for my contributions to my school and my community. And the reason I say that, Victor, is because that whole experience was so profound, it kind of shaped me for what I would do later on in life. And it made me be the, the, the kind of person who is unstoppable. I'm not going to stop something before I finish it. So I finished high school. I do have that high school diploma with my name on it. And yes, I got into the university of my choice. Uh, and I took, I got into the program of my choice, which was radio and television arts. And that's going to go into uh, my next career. I, I didn't graduate right away. It was a three-year program. It took me six years to graduate. I had academic difficulties. Yeah. Based on, you know, uh, uh, I could, talk it up to my brain injury, but let's face it, at the same time, I was, I was not uh, always present. You know, I, I was skipping classes a lot and just having fun. I suddenly felt I had the freedom that I never had before. Here I am, downtown Toronto. I'm going to explore it as best as I can, and I was skipping class. But at the end of the day, the fact is I did complete that degree, and that is my name on that degree. And so I did get into the industry of my choice, which was TV broadcasting, you know, and you asked about how I got into entrepreneurship. Well, here's the deal. I spent 16 years of my life in the news broadcasting industry or the broadcast news industry. It is a highly negative and cynical world. Now, here's the thing. I worked with uh, some very good people, you know, people who were dedicated to their jobs, people who were, you know, they took pride in their work and, and pride in the completion of their work. And God bless them because they did a really good job with whatever limitations they had with them. I never felt like I measured up. You know, we talk about the imposter syndrome. I had that going for years, Victor, because here I was working for a smaller local station and I was comparing myself to other more well-known reporters out there in the Toronto marketplace. Toronto is actually uh, the most competitive television marketplace in North America because we're not only competing with each other in the city, we're also competing with stations coming in from the United States. So it is a highly competitive environment. And I always felt like I never measured up. So there was that that was that fed into a severe depression that lasted the vast majority of my career. And it wasn't until I had a breakthrough at a personal development and leadership program that I had taken uh, uh, about uh, 10 or 11 years ago that I had the aha moment. Oh my God. You know, I used to be so angry. I used to be so self-righteous. 
I used to, I used to commit road rage, Victor, on the highway. And the reason was, and this was the breakthrough I got at this personal development uh, seminar, was that all of that was a response to the bullying that I had received when I was in high school. I used to see, uh, you know, I would have conflicts with certain coworkers at work because I would see them as bullies. I used to commit road rage because I would see the, the aggressive drivers in my rearview mirrors as the bullies on the road. Well, as soon as I had that revelation, that breakthrough, Victor, oh, everything changed. Everything changed for me. Like I was a brand, I was a new man. And so now driving home on the highway after that, that session in that seminar, I'm in the center lane, cars are passing me on the left, they're passing me on the right. I didn't care anymore. I was free. And the impact of that was that when I went back to work, I suddenly became more productive. I was much more um, communicable with people. And six months later, after having gone through other workshops and seminars with this particular program, I was called into the office. It's like, Kush, come in. I need to speak with you. So we, we sit in a boardroom. And there's my boss, and there's the head of HR, and there's the union rep. Under most circumstances, not a good situation when, when you see those three people, you know, at work. So I walk in, and my boss was looking so heavy. You could see the heaviness on his face. And he said, Kush, I'm really sorry to tell you, man, but the company is going in a different direction. You're no longer a part of their vision, and we're going to have to lay you off. And Victor, I will tell you, at that point, I had been doing various personal development uh, workshops for, the, for about six months at that point. So I was in a good headspace. And there was just this sense, literally a sense of joy and relief that came over me. I, I flashed a great big grin. And I said, don't you worry, I'm going to be just fine. Because the truth is, I had been wanting to get out of there for years. I just didn't know how. And this was the universe telling me, Kush, it's time. It's time. And it pushed me out. You know, I spent the next uh, two years trying to get back into the industry. I couldn't get back in. Nobody was hiring at the time. But along the way, I was taking one of the most, um, uh, it, this is considered the top leadership program in the entire world. At least that's what we were told. And one of the coaches in that program you know, I could tell that she was always well-dressed and very, you know, she looked really good. And I said, look, you got to tell me, what are you doing? Because I'm dying over here. You know, I'm not working. Uh, my employment insurance is running out and I've got, I've got bills to pay. What are you doing? So I got this business, you know, let me introduce you to my mentor. And I basically met with her mentor. He sat down with me. He said, you know what, Kush? the way that you show up in life, like you would be so good at, at what we're doing. You know, so I ended up joining their business. Now, here's the funny thing, and I'm kind of going back and forth in the timeline. So forgive me here. So I'm, sh I'm shadowing them for several months. And I'm going to various home meetings because back then we were, we were still doing home meetings live. Now, this is being edited, so I, I hope that you'll bear with me. Um, let's go back in time 
to 20, 2008 or nine. I am invited to a, uh, an event from somebody that I had taken uh, another personal development workshop with at that time. And she's, the way she framed it was, oh, you know what? This is gonna be a celebration of human potential and human achievement. And I'd love for you to be my guest. So I thought, okay, this is great. Uh, I was hungry. This was, this was when I had the, my first taste of hunger for more in life, you know? So I said, sure. And I went to this, it was, it was a regional event for this company. And as I'm watching the proceedings, everyone's well-dressed and I'm looking around and they've got banners, they've got music and all these good looking people hugging each other. Now understand, I'm coming from a world of cynicism and negativity because I'm still a reporter. And so I'm looking at this, this sea of joyful humanity and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is this? Because in my world, people are not this happy. In my world, people are cynical and negative. So as I'm watching these, the, the, the business uh, overview, and I'm starting to think to myself, hmm, you know what? This is interesting. And I've got a huge network of people. In fact, what if I could bring in members of the, the company that I work for as a job? And I turned to the, the, the lady who invited me and I, I told us, yeah, you should speak to the gentleman who was at the front of the, the room. So I go speak to the gentleman at the front of the room during the break. And I say, hi, sir, you know, my name is Kush Panthaki. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I work for uh, such and such company. And I think that, you know, it would be a great idea if we could partner with, with my company and uh, I think it would go really well. He actually looked at me and says, you know what? Actually, we're in talks with your company right now. And uh, so it, it's on its way. I said, okay, great. And in that moment, my dreams of overriding all of Canada were suddenly dashed. And I, I kind of walked away. And, I, it, and at the same time, what came over my, my mindset, Victor, was my employee mindset. <gasps> Conflict of interest conflict of interest. Well, if they're in talks with my company, oh my God, that's going to be conflict of interest. And I told my host, I said, you know, I'm sorry, this is going to be conflict of interest. I can't be here. And she says, no, it's not. And I said, yeah, it is. And I scurried out of there like a frightened dog with his tail between his legs. But something was gnawing at me, Victor, as I was leaving and as I was finding my car in the vast parking lot, part of me was saying, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing by walking away? But my employee mindset was too, was too great, and I drove away. Now, fast forward to the day that I'm getting laid off, and I get laid off, and fast forward beyond that, two years later, and I meet this coach. And I'm actually, forgive me, because I'm also in another program for a communication seminar through this, through this personal development company. And I come out of that, that seminar and I go up in front of the room and I'm sharing with the guests what I got out of the seminar and out of the education that we got out of this company. And there was a lady in the audience and she, she motioned to me afterwards because I told everyone, I said, yeah, you know what? I just got laid off a few days ago, but I'm in a good headspace because of the training that we get at this, you know, in, in this program. So she motioned to me, she says, you know what? 
we need to sit down together. I, I, I may have something for you. So in my mind, Victor, I'm thinking, ooh, well, she's going to, maybe she's going to give me another reporter job. And, you know, I'm going to be whisked away to some war-torn uh, country. I'll be reporting, you know, and, you know, I'm Kush Banthaki reporting live from Syria or whatever, you know. And uh, she says, meet me at this such and such coffee shop. So we go to sit down at the coffee shop. And uh, she brings out a, a file folder with pages. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. I'm going to sign something and whatever. No, here's what she does. She draws three, she draws circles. And I'm looking at, you know, this is you and this is your friend and this is your other friend. I'm looking at this diagram and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this before. This is the exact diagram that my parents used to draw at their home meetings when they were in Amway. And at that moment, I, I literally, I, I curled back and said, mm, you know what? No, I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for a job. This, yeah, you know, my parents used to do something like this. Yeah, they had some success, but you know, no, I'm, I'm looking for a job. And so she said, okay, you know what? Let me leave you with a magazine, a DVD and uh, go home. We'll, we'll, I'll follow up with you in a few weeks. No problem. A few weeks go by. One day I'm leafing through the magazine and it's like, you know, the, our company was featured in this magazine or the, that particular company was featured in this magazine. What is this? What is, is this like a branded magazine? Again, my negative and cynical reporter mind came into play. I look at the publishing information. No, it's third party. Okay. And then not more than 20 minutes later, the woman calls me up and says, Kush, uh, I have an amazing, I have some amazing news. I've got this amazing gentleman who's going to show up at my place. He's, he's going to uh, uh, present an opportunity and he's going to, uh, he's just an amazing gentleman. You're going to love him. And I remember when she told me his name, it sounded familiar. I said, hmm, yeah, I've heard this gentleman's name whispered at the personal development uh, uh, company that I was at earlier. So I thought, okay, I'd like to meet this gentleman. So I go to her house. And he comes walking in like this rock star. And uh, I, I meet with him. And he shakes my hand. We play the DVD uh, or, you know, the, the host introduces everybody. They play the DVD. And in the DVD, there's that same gentleman who's like standing just eight feet away from me. So, okay, okay, well, this is kind of legitimate. And so after the, the presentation, he comes up to me. He says, so, Kush, you know, are you ready to get started? I said, you know what? No, not yet. I love what you guys are doing, but, but, you know, the entry, the entry fee and, and I'm broke and I'm unemployed, blah, blah, blah. Victor, he gave me his business card. And he says, here, take my card and let's see if we can walk, if we can work through that. Well, during this period in my life, I'm losing a lot of things. I took that card home and then about a week or two later, I'm thinking I should give this guy a call, but I can't find the card. Oh my God, I lost the card. Well, fast forward a few months later, I'm in this top leadership program. I meet this coach in the program and she says, you know what? Let me introduce you to my mentor. And like I said, she got me in front of her mentor at the time. We got to talking. I, I joined uh, her business under her. I'm shadowing both of them. We go to a home meeting. And who is leading that home meeting but the very same gentleman who was leading the other home meeting earlier? So he walks in 
we're standing, we're, we're all sitting at one of those island kitchen bar things, right? And he, he looks over to me, he says, we've met before. And I said, yeah, about uh, six or eight months ago at so-and-so's place. I said, I didn't join then, but I joined now. And he extends his hand, he says, welcome to the team. You know, and uh, today this gentleman and I are working together. Um, we had something uh, uh, big going for my business. And the reason I say all that, Victor, you know, the universe never lies. You've got to be open to looking at the signs. The universe brought this gentleman into my life before I was ready. Okay. When I first saw the opportunity as an employee. And then he brought, the universe brought him into my life again when I was broken, unemployed. Right. But then he brought him again into my life after I joined the business. And I'm so grateful for, you know, um, how everything has worked its way to, you know, where I am now and who, you know, who I'm working with now. Uh, Steve Jobs said, you can never connect the dots going forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. And as I, I look back on my life, I can see how everything shaped me into the person that I am today, into the man I am today. And I'm not, I'm not even anywhere near who I want to be. Let's just be straight up. There's so much more for me to accomplish, you know, but I'm in such a better place nowadays than I would have been had I remained a reporter and had I stayed in a negative and cynical environment. And definitely some really good stuff there. Uh, number one, you went through a lot. Number one, when you were a little kid, you were exposed to being an entrepreneur. Your parents were in Amway, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they didn't seem like much at the time, but years later, obviously, had an effect on you. Mm -hmm. And then you went through a really tough time, you know, being hit by a car. You were clinically deaf for a few uh, minutes. You were in a coma for a month, months of rehab, and affect you have brain ish issues, brain injuries. Uh, behavioral issues as a result of that because of damage to the brain. I know other people have gone through that. It could, it could, it could totally devastate you. It changes your life completely. And you had all these issues in school because you were trying to get noticed, but the people were bullying you and they were mocking you because you were doing these breakdancing things. Pretty much you were doing anything people asked you to do because you wanted to be noticed and get attention. But a lot of these people were embarrassed to be seen with you. And that caused a lot of issues with you. You didn't feel good about yourself. You, you lashed out at teachers. You wanted to commit suicide a couple of times. You were saved by a friend whose name turned out to be Angel. And uh, another friend where you were looking to throw yourself off the bridge. So, I mean, some of the things we can see is no matter how bad things are, things can get better. No matter how low things could be, it may not seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel, but often that there is. But um, luckily, you know, people are putting your life to save you from that and then having that encounter with that principal Russ Jackson I believe was named who was a Hall of Fame football player in the Canadian Football League changed your life because you didn't want to go to another school and start all over again because you couldn't deal with that and you got your act together um, spent another year working to get those grades up going to the college of your choice and the program of your choice took a few extra years but you wound up doing the thing that you wanted to do, and then you got into TV reporting, news broadcasting for 16 years. Obviously, you have some ups and downs there. You went through what seemed like a big period of trying to compare yourself to other people, which gets a lot of people into trouble because it's 
Unfortunately, you did. There will always be people you can never measure up to because you're just a headache. No matter how big you are, there's always going to be someone better than you. And that causes a lot of issues and a lot of stress. I think one thing we can all learn from this episode is the only person we should be comparing ourselves to is the person we were yesterday, last week, last month. But we all fall into this comparitis disease. We don't want to say, oh, man, this guy's done this. He's like the head. He's, he's, he's all over the world. And it's and it's it's a dangerous trap to follow because it happens to all of us. I've dealt with it in the past and it just messed me up. And I yeah. thankfully, like you, we've learned not to focus on those things anymore. Because only people we're comparing ourselves to is ourselves. If we're getting better than we were last month, we're doing good. We all go at a different pace, different level. As long as we are constantly improving, we'll be fine. And you know, then you know, you got stressed out in this industry. So that eventually led you to being open to being an entrepreneur and, you know, people started showing you these uh, plans. And then after a while, you're like, hey, look what my parents used to draw. This seems very familiar. And again, you didn't immediately join. Um, and it was a tough time in your life because you had to work for a couple of years and you needed money. But you saw this guy who was came to me and me, and the guy you studied, and again, I'll go back. It was this person development seminars that really helped you learn more about yourself awareness and stuff like that, belief in yourself. And that's why we got let go. You didn't feel bad like a lot of people do when they're let go. And you heard this guy's name at some of these seminars. So when he walked in and playing a DVD with him on it, you're like, wow, I know this guy. Although you didn't join immediately. Um, he asked you to call him. You lost the car. You're like, oh, bummer. But you went somewhere to another meeting. You joined, went to this president's presentation guess what that man is there so um yeah so i guess you're probably a person of the belief that there are no coincidences things happen for a reason so these people putting uh in your life and then like you said you can't connect the dots forwards it's backwards so you're looking back saying this girl angel was put there in your life for a certain reason that guy was put there at the bridge for another reason this guy this leader was put there for another reason at the time maybe you couldn't see it but looking back you see connect all the dots saying ah these people put in for a reason to help me with my life. I couldn't see it at the time, but five, 10, 20 years later, I could see this where it all fits in. And because these things were like uh, fitting in, it led you to the journey where you are right now, where you got into this industry. You were stressed out in your old uh, field of being, uh, being a news broadcaster and reporter. So now you're in a field where you're enjoying life more. You like the difference you're making in people's life. You grow up the personal growth that you're going, that you've been experiencing over the last number of years. So. You know, I just, you know, just following through on everything that you've been talking about. So, because you've gone through so much, probably gone through a hell of a lot more than the vast majority of people in this world uh, listening to this broadcast. So right now, uh, what would you say to the people right now who, number one, maybe going through a very difficult time in their life, it's, 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 it's stressful, they're going through so much pain, anxiety, as well as maybe people who are struggling in their business, they're getting started as an entrepreneur or marketing and and they've been doing it for six months or a year, and they, 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 they fear that they may not be able to become successful. They like the products, they like them, but for some reason, it doesn't seem to be clicking. What would you say to, to both groups of people? Let's start first with people that are going through tough times. Like sure. Don't resist the tough times. You know, we, we, have, we have a, we've been conditioned in society to sort of, to resist adversity or to complain about the adversity 
you know, and yeah, look, we, 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 sometimes we go through things where we have to go through them and, and it's painful. Um, and maybe we don't see it at the time, but you're right. You know what, what is important is to be able to raise your awareness above the circumstances. What I mean by that is to be able to see the circumstances for what they are, as opposed to you being in them, you commit to personal growth and development because that's how you're going to, uh, to do it. But go through the pain, go through the adversity, because that's how we actually learn and how we become stronger. Um, it's kind of a, I know that's kind of a trite way of saying it, but really, and it's, it's very simplistic, but just go through it. Don't resist it because resistance causes persistence. So if we try to resist uh, an adversity, it's just going to keep coming back to you. And uh, that's what happened to me. I kept trying to resist the adversity, but then the, you know, this is probably a topic for another, <laughs> another interview at some point, the hero's journey. I went through that, you know, uh, uh, some of your listeners might be familiar with that and what that entails. If you don't know what that, what that's about, just look up the hero's journey. Uh, I, I had been the cause of a lot of those adversities that, that I went through as well, especially even during the course of my uh, entrepreneurship career. I went through a lot of difficulty because I was manifesting it because I felt like, well, I had such a comfortable upbringing, you know, and you've got to work hard. You've got to, you know, struggle. That was my interpretation. And so I would manifest that. And, and go through all kinds of adversity. You don't have to. So just work through it. And then uh, on the other side, for those who have not experienced uh, immediate success, neither had neither had I, you know. And um, it's not about the immediate success. This is this is a legitimate business model. You know, it takes time, and you have to grow through. You have to grow into the person who will be able to attract the success that you want. Um, you know, you, you, you mentioned time, you know, and you mentioned it, it, it's going through, uh, it just takes time. Yeah. You know what? Don't rush. You cannot rush time. Nature never rushes. You know, a tree, grass, everything, it, it grows on its own time. Okay, and it be a beautiful oak tree becomes a beautiful oak tree in its own time. Many of us are still acorns, relatively speaking, you know, but it, give yourself the time. Be kind, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself because oftentimes we are our own worst bullies. God knows I was my own worst bully as well. And uh, it just makes you miserable. So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that, number one, you just got to grow through these things. Mm -hmm. And these struggles will make you a stronger person because if you can overcome these struggles, these adversities, you can come, you realize you can overcome so many things because we so often wind up in a comfort zone. We just want things to be a certain way. And we don't know how to deal with these challenges. And some of the challenges, as you experience, can be very, very tough to deal with. But if you can overcome them and deal with them, growth through them, man, you become so much stronger. It's not just that, but you can inspire other people because when other people go through these tough times, you can say, 
you can do it. You can overcome it. You know why? Because I did it. And if I can do it, you can do it. So that's another reason why your story can serve as a great inspiration to so many other people. You don't realize by going through these things, how many other people's lives you can change or inspire. So I'm sure that's been your experience because you've been able to share your story with other people saying, I know what you're going through because I went through this stuff and yeah. I eventually overcame it. And, 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 you know, and a lot of people just want everything to be easy, but I love how you talk about the time, don't rush time. Nature doesn't you know, rush time and, and just, you know, be kind to yourself. And remember, Jerome used to say, don't wish things were easy, wish you were better. We're so better. you become yeah. a better person, things will get easier. But that's how you overcome it. Now, you know, hoping for things easier, but for you to become a stronger, better person, person in the realm and work on yourself day in and day out. So I agree that's something so important. And, and, I, and I, I can't stress enough the importance of personal development in, in, in almost every field. It's just oh, yeah. the stronger you become, you work on your minds and your beliefs, and you just to get better in everything. And you just, it, it happens like you see an athlete, those have the better mindset, who visualize, who work themselves every, every single time, visualize themselves hitting the game winning home run, or the game winning shot in basketball. They're the ones who are. Uh, or gold coins and gold bars uh, falling on your head, <laughs> behind you, right? Exactly. No, that, that, that's what you got to do. And, and I think that's so important because not enough people uh, uh, focus on it. I can say I was in the corporate world for a lot of years. And I can just mm. tell you, it was not really stressed there, person development, stuff like that mindset. I, I, I didn't find it in many places it was really stressed. I'll be honest, I started really working on it once I switched to becoming an entrepreneur. That's why I started seeing the change in myself. I, you know, like you talked about the employee mindset. I had the employee mindset, just go and do what you were told to do. And that's it. And I really didn't find myself thinking a whole lot for myself like I do now. I'm thinking for myself yeah. all the time. I was just like, go and do that. And that's all. And if I wasn't told to do anything, I went on. And did, did you did you find a calling? Uh, did, did you find yourself being called towards personal development and, and entrepreneurship? Was there a point where you felt like, uh, you know what, there's more than just this corporate job. I, I'm just hungering for more. I'm hungry for more, but I can't, I can't quite place my finger on it. Did you go through that? I went through it. The last several years I was doing it, I definitely went through it. I just realized, and I didn't feel like I was called to be doing this. I just, mm -hmm. my heart really wasn't in it. I just, I just felt like all I was doing was making money for other people, but I didn't feel I was making a difference in people's lives, which is the total opposite of where I am today, because I definitely feel I've inspired a lot of people. I've made differences in people's lives. I've helped make people's lives get better and improve so much. So Absolutely. Um, that, that was that was huge for me. So yeah, I didn't feel like that, especially in you know, the last few years in the corporate world. So I think that that, that happens to some people. They just say, you know, so there's got to be more to life than this. I, I, I did, you know, I, did, I guess what you could say is I felt like I was in a rut. So for me? I, yeah, I was in a rut. You know, yep. I was just stuck in the same old routine. I just said, there's got to be something more to life than this. And that's what happened to me. So, so yeah, so, yeah, so obviously you can get great inspiration to other people. Um, talk about, uh, you know, success coaches, mentors, because obviously that makes a difference. A lot of people have them. Um, I, I think a lot, I think, unfortunately, in this industry, uh, a lot of people seem to think that they can succeed without having a coach. But I I think it's one of the most crucial things, especially when it gets to the next level. So you want to talk a little bit about mentoring and coaching? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the fact is everything we do, we have mentors in our lives. You know, who are our first mentors? They're our parents. 
then when you go to school, who's your mentor? It's your teacher, you know? And um, I think it's what, what's important is to be able to recognize who the mentors are. And then of course, to be able to recognize is that person mentoring me to be the person that I want to become, right? And sometimes it just happens to be that that's the, the, the space in life that we are in, you know? So for instance, many of my mentors when I was working uh, in, in broadcasting were the, um, you know, the reporters who were maybe more successful than I was, quote unquote, uh, or some of my colleagues, you know, maybe my, my producer or whoever. Because we can't do anything without coaches, without mentors, um, to think that we don't need a coach and to think that we can do things on our own is just the height of arrogance. And let's be honest, at some point, we've all been guilty of that. You know, uh, we, we come into a company, there's a particular system that is in place, and we're always told, you know, stick to the system. And the top leaders always are successful because they've stuck to that system. But what do we do? We try to do things our way. And I, I've been guilty of that too. And so it's only once we realize that the way that we've been operating isn't working, suddenly the light goes off and says, you know what? Aha, maybe I should listen to my coaches. Maybe I should reach out to my coaches and, um, you know, seek out their mentorship. And so uh, even with me, it took, a, it, it, it takes humbling. It takes a lot of humbling. And it's only when you do go through adversity and, and kind of the, the, the same kind of adversity that I went through and look through this business, through, through my uh, uh, career, I had been homeless for a few days. I was, you know, sleeping next to garbage. Um, I, I lost everything. And it was just like, you have to go through these things to humble you because I used to be very arrogant. I used to be very arrogant in my life. So again, the universe was giving me a lesson. Smart, not Kush. Smart, not Panthaki. And humble yourself so that we can get, so that I can give you the blessings that you are ready to receive. Yeah, it's very interesting you bring those things up because one thing I've noticed there's the very, very successful people, people who are not successful. Successful people, no matter how much success they have, how much money they made, they're always humble. They're always willing to learn. They're always teachable. They realize that they can always learn more. And they, they, they have the mindset, you know, if I go to this event, I can learn one thing that can help increase my business. It's worth it. Whereas those that are not successful saying, oh, the ones who are successful say, you know what, it's too much money. I'm not going to go to it. It's not worth it for me. And they might miss on going to an event that could change their life or, or the company tells them, you know, do these things, watch these presentations. And again, they're not humble. They, they can get arrogant like you were. And I think the three most dangerous words to say is, are, I know that. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, you see what I just did? I think I was just being arrogant right there because I knew you were going to say, I know that. And I still said it. <laughs> But that's what happens. The thing is, there's a difference between hearing something and actually doing it. If you really know it, you will have done it and achieved those results. Yeah. And if you really know these things, you look at your results, you know, your business and your bank account. 
you don't have the results that you want, you obviously don't know as much as you think you do. It, it will show up in all your results because your results never lie. Other things can lie, but your results are never do not lie. So if you want better results, you better listen to the people who are above you, who have things to teach you. Humble yourself. And if you want better results, you need to follow the system, follow the plan. Again, you can think of it as a recipe for a cake. If you don't follow all the ingredients, you leave out a few ingredients, you skip some, cake's going to come out like crap. If you follow yeah. all the steps, then you're going to be fine. Same thing when you get into business. Follow all the steps. Do it, especially if you're brand new. They know what they're doing. And, you know, we both, uh, we've tried to skip steps. And guess what? It just messed everything up. So definitely some good stuff there. Uh, one final question uh, I want to ask you is, uh, for those who are getting started, whether it's uh, being an entrepreneur or network marketing, what are some of the qualities they should have, some of the things they should uh, things they should be doing to become successful in this industry and again, sorry, what are some of the things you recommend doing the characteristics they should have to, you know, have success in this business? That's a great question. And, you know, it, yes, it's certain doings, but it's also being, you know, you got to be that person, you know, there's a, there's a, an axiom in personal development called be, do, have. First, you got to be the person before you do the things that that person would do so that you can have what that kind of person would have. And we fall into a trap of doing first and thinking that we can have, and then we can be that person. It, it's totally, you know, uh, screwed up that way in society. First and foremost, we got to be coachable. You know, you and I both, I think we, we recognize that neither of us were coachable uh, early on. Um, Always go for growth. I think it's, it's, it's one thing to be grateful for where we are. We have to be grateful. Gratitude is huge, you know, but don't settle for where you are because settling is the death of really anything. You're either growing or you're dying. And if you're not growing or if you're not, if you're settling, you're not growing. So therefore you're dying, you know? Um, and like you said earlier, you know, the coaches always seek to better yourself through coaches. I've been uh, studying martial arts uh, for, for the last little while. And uh, one of the sayings that I've always heard is a master is always a student. A master never believes that he is a master or she is a master. A master always knows that there's just one more thing to learn. You know, so I, I, had, a, I had a martial arts, my, my original sensei was a former uh, uh, retired U.S. Marine who was uh, um, a master in seven different forms of martial arts. He was based in Toronto at the time, but he was always seeking to improve himself. You know, my current sensei, same thing. You know, uh, uh, he's always looking to improve himself. My mentor in my business, you know, he's got a coach. And all the top leaders uh, in our company and in this industry, they've all got coaches because they realize there's always something more for me to learn. You talked about humility. That's humility is knowing that I don't know everything. Uh, absolutely. And as you said, the top coaches, top leaders all have coaches, top athletes have leaders, have coaches. Everyone has a coach because they know there's always something 
more they can achieve. So that's why they're the best at what they do because they realize, man, there's someone who can see something in me that I can pull from. And I like what you said, be grateful, but don't be satisfied. Don't be content because you get into that comfort zone. The comfort zone is one of the biggest killers of success. And you yeah. don't grow. And like you say, if you're not growing, you're dying. So always be aware of that comes great, be great with what you have, but always realize you can achieve most. So I love that. Just be more, do more, have more, and some great stuff. Yeah. So listen, Kush, I want to thank you so much for being on today. It was a pleasure having you on, and thanks for sharing your story. And I'm sure people can be inspired by all the things you're going through and realize no matter what happens to what you go through, you can overcome these difficulties, these challenges, these, these adversities and change your life around and make it a much better life. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Victor, my brother, thank you so much for having me on. And here's what I want to say. Um, guys, take a look at what Victor did here. He interviewed me for, I don't know how long it's been that we've been on now. I've lost track of time. But his listening skills are so profound that he was able to relay my story probably a lot better than I was able to tell it myself. So I want to thank you for that, Victor. And you just gave me something in that, that, you know, I also need to be a better, a better listener. All leaders, we need to listen more. Oh, thank you very much for that, Coach. I really appreciate it. And one last thing before I let you go. Sure. If people want to contact you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Absolutely. Well, uh, they can reach me on, uh, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, my name is Kush Panthaki, K-H-U-S-H, last name P-A-N-T-H-A-K-Y. I am more active on Facebook than I am on Instagram. I know Insta is where people have been uh, gathering more these days, but maybe I'm a little bit old school that way. But uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm good on either uh, either social media and of course on link and of course on LinkedIn as well under the same name. All right, sounds good. Kush. Thanks again for being on our show. Pleasure having you on me. Have yourself an amazing day, buddy. Take care. You as well, my friend. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.